This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network. It's July 25th, episode 2981, brought to you today by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, horse people. I have good news and bad news for you on this Monday morning. First, the bad. It's Monday. But the good news is really good. Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses in the Morning. That's right. And on today's show, we have Dr. Anna Pesta. She's a nutritionist in equine technical solutions from Purina Animal Nutrition. She's going to talk about horses and the heat we've been having and how what they're heat? faring. It's freezing. Freezing to death. <laughs> uh, Jamie's going to update us on her travels and visiting an old horse of hers. That's what Jamie does when she goes on vacation. She goes and visits <laughs> all the horses that are her on her farm all around the country. And we have a Mongol Derby update, plus equestrian first world problems. In the post show, we're going to talk about Jamie's experiment listening to different podcasts on her drive and how that went. So we're going to do that in the post show. But first, I got to give you a quick update on the Mongol Derby. We talked about it with Devin on Friday, and we're in day three now. If For those of you that are following the dots or checking out uh, the Twitter page over there, you can find all the links on Friday's episode. I have an update for you. We have Howard from Australia, whose last name neither one of us could say. Uh, it has uh, 85 letters in it. You want to give it a shot? Bassingthwaite. Bassingthwaite. He is the one Devin talked about as somebody to watch, and he is in the lead. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) From Australia. He's the cattleman that Devin talked about. And Devin said, when you're looking at the entries, always look for the cattlemen from Australia because they are tough dudes. And she said that uh, he'll be in the lead at the beginning, and sure enough, he's in the lead at the beginning. So uh, now they are about – they're on uh, checkpoint 8 of 28. So they have a few days to go yet. Sam Edney of New Zealand it was in second place. She's an amateur jockey. Uh, she starts racehorses and polo ponies down there. So she was in an early lead. But as we learned in years of covering this event, early leads don't always mean anything. Uh, Tiffany who uh, Atterbury, who is from Ocala here, uh, actually was in third place. She, she had uh, hunter jumpers and a fox hunter and endurance rider and also a veterinarian here in Ocala, so she she's doing very well. Uh, we had Patrick Heffron from Ireland, also up in the lead. So one thing we talked about on Friday was a mother-daughter team, Janet and Nancy O'Neill. For, I think it was one of the first mother-daughter teams to ride the Mongol Derby, had to pull out today. We saw a tweet that they're both okay, but they did pull out of the race, so I don't know what happened there. We don't have any details yet. All I've heard about so far is stirrupless and stupid. Yes. So three riders. Remember when we had Leslie? And remember, we t- Leslie lost her kit. Uh, her horse took off. She lost everything, her saddle and everything. And then she had to ride stirrupless. And we that was a whole big deal. Well, three of them lost their horses and their gear early on in the race. What they did is they went to local herders and bought some bridles, and they nabbed some surplus saddles from the crew at one of the checkpoints, and they trotted off, they say cautiously, into the sunset, and they are identifying themselves, all three of them, as surplus and stupid. That's their gang name. So <laughs> I, I mean, don't <laughs> Leslie cantered like... 20 20 miles miles. (laughs) with no stirrups, right? But then you've got these people that are like, you know what? I'm just going to finish the Mongol Derby without stirrups. (laughs) And as many times as we've seen photos of like people's inner thighs, like after it rained and then they were cantering along and they they like, oh God, I can't imagine. I can't imagine these people are going to have post-traumatic stress. Like you signed up for it. 
And if you're wondering, uh, real followers from past years, Devin and I will be doing a, a dot watching party on Wednesday night at 7.30 Eastern Time on Facebook Live. We'll be on the Horses in the Morning page and Horse Radio Network and the Auditor. We'll be on a bunch of different pages. You'll be able to find us. Just go to Horses in the Morning's Facebook page, and you'll find us there. We're going to try and have some of the family members with us because this should be later in the race. They should probably be finishing the leaders on Thursday or Friday. Okay. So, so we'll be right in there toward the end. And, of course, Devin knows a lot of these people or knows people who knows people. So we'll be catching you up on what's going on, and we'll be checking out the dots on Wednesday night at 7.30 Eastern Time. All right, that's it for the Mongol Derby for today. Let's do some Daily Winnies. We have a theme today, and our theme is Australia. Two of our auditors have birthdays today in Australia, Shannon Brooks and Fiona Deering. Happy birthday to both of you. Also, Delia Allen has her birthday today, so happy birthday. Also, we have some new auditors we're very happy to announce. Brenna Starch, Catherine Banner, and Libby Cluett. So happy, or we're welcoming you guys. You made it a banner week last week. This is the first week in a while we've had three in one week. So thank you very much for joining the party. If you're not part of the auditor room on Facebook, search for HRN auditors and ask to be let in and we'll let you in. We really appreciate you guys. We know times are tough. Well, I have a happy birthday, too. Do you? Do you, you want me to play it again? Yeah, yeah go okay. for it. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. <laughs> I don't know why I bother giving her a happy birthday, because there's absolutely no way she's going to listen. But happy <laughs> birthday to my mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she ain't listening. <laughs> no, she's learned. She's over it. So, But happy birthday, mom. If for some reason you decide to tune in, there you go. I don't have any family members that listen to you. Uh, no, no. no. Thank God. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. Like, I know. In your case, it's probably a good thing, but yeah. <laughs> I don't have any I don't that I know about. I don't have any distant family members. No, they don't want to hear that much of us. Yet they will send us a text and say, "I haven't heard from you guys lately. I don't know what's going on." And I'm like, "I do a daily show." Yeah, but it's it's, it's like we don't want to repeat ourselves all the time. Like, <sighs> guess what happened? You know, I, I I save my drama for the show. So when people yeah. call me, they're like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "Nothing." Exactly. If you want to hear what's going on, just listen to the show. I can't tell you how many times I've told relatives that, and I, they don't. I, I tell people not to. I'm like, don't do that, because I'm basically probably talking about you. So so happy birthday, Mom. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we stopped at the World Equestrian Center yesterday. We realized we're, we're going to be going on this road trip out to see you with the new trailer. Well, we never took it on the highway. We never even tried it on the highway. And I wanted to see if it, you know, it is a gooseneck, and we've had tag-alongs. And tag-alongs, when the trucks go by or the two or three trucks pass at the same, you know, at the same time on either side, they move around a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I said, let's just try it. We have nothing to do Saturday morning. Had all our work done. It was like, let's take the trailer for a ride down the highway. Well, we ended up doing that. And by the way, it doesn't move at all. I love a gooseneck. <laughs> it just yeah. doesn't. It's so nice. It just follows you. So... Uh, be much more pleasant trip out to your place than the last big one we did. But we did stop by the World Equestrian Center while we were uh, there because they have the best gas pumps in the world. They're made for trailers. They're really wide turnaround space. They're really wide apart, and there's like 20 of them in a row. And you can they have diesel at every pump. Which, by oh the way, guys, what? It's the nicest thing ever. And the D, I don't know. We have this gas station down the street. It's a big gas station. It's a big gas station. Lots of pumps. They have diesel at a couple of them, but it goes so slow. It takes you like 20 minutes to fill the tank. Yeah. Whereas the World of Question Center pumps go like, Psh, you're done. That's so I nice. went to one over the weekend on, on our trips that the two diesel pumps were in the middle. And I was like, what? I know. How are you going to get the trailer around that turn? And, what? And it's always tight. You got like 10 feet between that and the parked cars. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. Anyway, it was super nice. It's just one of the lovely things about the World Equestrian Center. They have many other lovely things. Right now, continuing, as we talked about with Kayla last week, is the Hunter Jumper Show. That's continuing on now. And Saturday night, this Saturday night, is going to be the Stella Art. How do you say that beer? Stella Artois. Artois National Grand Prix at 7 p.m. on Saturday night. It's a $100,000 Grand Prix. They've apparently been packing these things uh, with people going to watch. It's free. You can go to watch if you're in the area. They also have the million-dollar North American reigning stakes going on right now. They have one of the indoor arenas, uh, Indoor Arena 5, because rainers need special footing, is set up for raining. So they have an entire heated, heated air-conditioned indoor arena that seats 3,000 just set up for raining. So if you're into variety and you're driving by Ocala, just it's 10 minutes off of Route 75. Hop off and go check it out. WorldEquestrianCenter.com is where you find all the details. All right. So what did you do on this trip of yours? Oh my gosh, we kind of did what we did last year, but we actually had a kind of an end goal, which was to just get in the car and drive. Um, so the first night we went up, God, it's so hot everywhere. And I'm supposed to camp. And, and I Glenn, saw Colorado was over 100 degrees, wasn't it? It was hot. It was hot everywhere. And and I mean, it's July, but like this is like a serious heat wave yeah. <laughs> thing, drought going on right now in, the, in my part of the country. And so we got in the car and drove. And the idea was to go to Fort Dodge, Kansas. It's where they filmed Gunsmoke. It's like a oh, super yeah. westerny kind of cool town. They still you know, have shootouts in the streets. That was where Wyatt Earp like ended up going after the whole gun of OK Corral thing. You know, like it's a lot of history. So we listened to a bunch of like historical like Wild West podcasts on the way up there, and then we got to Fort Dodge, and I was like, No, no, I'm not camping here. This is, it's too hot. You want to put me in a little vinyl, non-breathable enclosure and cover me up and put me under a blanket? I'm not doing it. So I found There's a place. nothing more no, miserable no. than being in a tent when it's 100 no. degrees. And Luke's is like, can we do a fire? I'm like, fire, there's fire bans everywhere. We can't do fires. Sorry. <laughs> Plus the, the big fan, there's no place to plug it in. No, um, no, there's there's no fans <laughs> anywhere. It's awful. So I ended up finding a place north of Fort Dodge that was on a light on a like a reservoir, but they had air conditioned yurts. <laughs> I saw the so, picture. I've always wanted to stay in a yurt. What was that it, like? It was awesome. It's like a big <laughs> circle, you know, a yeah. circle tent. But this was like, the, the, like yeah, that was, was glamping. Like, well, they have there. all of these like different ones, and I was like, which one is? But I I was searching. And so I, I picked the most expensive one. <laughs> like it has figuring it had the bigger air conditioner. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I picked that one, and um, because I'm at the time in in my life where hot flashes are a thing, um, so I'm starting to have them. And uh, yeah, I know it's not going to happen. Uh, so I stayed in an air conditioned tent uh, yurt. So that was fun. And then um, we then drove from there to. Almost to Cotopaxi, Colorado. Well, I can ask you a question. Does the yurt have a bathroom or do you have to do that? It did. Oh, really? my God. It had a yeah. bathroom and a shower. I mean, granted, I pee faster than the shower, actually. <laughs> but the point is they had one. Um, <laughs> so I, mean, I was like, I'll just go jump in the lake. Like, it's fine. Anyway, so I uh, we drove to almost to Cotopaxi. We're on the Arkansas River, and we camped along the river in a great spot. It was awesome and beautiful, and it was it poured down rain, which thank God my tent is relatively new, so it's waterproof. Um, but it's funny all night. I was like, "It's still raining, and I have to pee. It's still raining. I gotta pee. I gotta pee. I gotta pee. I gotta pee." And I opened the door, and it wasn't raining. I'm just an idiot. It was the the river. Oh. <laughs> What is wrong with me? So I went out and pee in the middle of the night because, <laughs> you know, camping is fun. Um, and then I was like, I think I'm I think I'm good with the tent. <laughs> One night was good. Yeah, that was. Yeah, we're good. And so the next night, uh, the next morning we got up and went to the Maytag Mountain Ranch. Okay. You've heard of Maytag. That's the washing machines. Yeah, yeah dishwashers and stuff so there's a place called the maytag mountain ranch and what it is it's i think i've explained it to you before but it's it's three thousand acres and there's all these hundred acre lots on the three thousand acres where you buy a hundred acres and uh, you build a house 
So say there's 3,000 acres. I think there's like 25 lots. I think there's only like 20 that are sold. So there's 20 houses on this 3,000 acres. And they're all incredibly private. But basically, it's a grown-up rich person summer camp. Okay? So so <laughs> there's... to have animals and do whatever you want in your ranch? So everybody has basically at their house, they have like one acre that they have to take care of. And the rest is all like grazing cattle, mm. hay. It's a full working ranch, but they've sold all these parcels to people. And in the middle of the ranch, they call ranch central. There's a barn, a bunch oh, of horses. So it's like a community thing. Yes, yeah. this is a barn, bunch of horses. There's a, a, sh- a gun range where they have like over a mile shot that you can shoot over a mile and they provide all the guns. And there's an archery range. There's a arena, a round pen, a barn, all the things like basically anything you want to do as an adult at a summer camp. They have a fire truck that they just bring out and like start spraying water into the air. You know, for, uh, <laughs> it was a, it was amazing. And water guns on top like that'll put a hole in you you know, kind of thing. So that ranch is run by a friend of mine who I met years and years and years ago when I was in Wyoming. And we just always were friends, you know, like he's got a a wife and a family that live there. And he and I've just always kept in touch and that he was looking for a horse for this facility. And they have probably about 10 horses. And at any time, any of the owners call down, they say, Hey, I want to go for a ride. And TJ, who runs the ranch, he says he's not a he's not a horse trainer. He's not a horseman. He's you know he's just really good with people, you know. But he is like a really good horseman. Um, and so he will get the horse ready, and he's got you well, know you'd employees. Have to be really good with people in that situation, would you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he is like he, you can't and, piss him off. No, no. you can't. <laughs> so, and so basically, they call down like, "Hey, I want to ride tomorrow morning at eight a.m." And he'd be like, "Okay, who do you want to ride? All right, we'll get him ready." And then they have somebody who rides with them. Uh, an employee or they go as a group or it's just a solo ride, you know, whatever they want to do, they can do. So Drax was sold. My horse Drax, I sold to TJ to use at this ranch. And I really, this horse is very special to me. What flavor was Drax? Was he a thoroughbred? He's a thoroughbred. Yeah. He was from horse and hound and he was the very last horse that the owners of horse and hound Nelda and Larry ever owned and raced. And so when he was done racing, they were like, we have this horse for you. And so that's how I ended up with Drax. Uh, so I adopted him from Horse and Hound. And he was with me for about two and a half years. So he's two and a half years with me. You've been there, done that. And so I remember when he came to buy him, he was looking at horses and he, he was like, what about that one? I was like, no, 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 you can't have that one. And he was like, why not? And I'm like, because that's the horse everybody can ride. <laughs> He's like, that's what I want. <laughs> so end up working out, you know, where I, he sent me pictures of his place. It's it's just a phenomenal place. So the horses come up in the morning and stand in the corral. And if they get ridden, great. If not, they just get turned out onto 3,000 acres. Okay. It's amazing. And there's mountains. And so oh, I would high. never find Scooter again. I would just say, <laughs> he said they used to have to go out with like a ranger and like round them up. He's like, now they all just come <laughs> every morning. <laughs> they've all learned. Um, but the, the, the what kind the horses- of mischief could Scooter and Zeus get into in 3000 acres? Do you know what's funny is actually he wanted Zeus the most. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I like you too much. I'd like yeah, to remain yeah. friends with you. Yeah. You know, the fence that is around the 3000 acres. So you yeah. really want it up or down? You want it to stay there. It's fine. He actually is like kind of fighting for him a little bit. So we'll see what happens, but um, maybe that's what Zeus needs. I know. I know. Well, see, and part of me is like, maybe that's what Zeus needs. So I told him, I said, I know your husband's going, yes, that's what Zeus needs. Zeus needs that. Zeus definitely needs that. I will pay you to take him. (laughs) (laughs) So they all go on their horses. And so I got to go and visit with him and ride him. And he's in the corral. Like every morning, they're just kind of hanging out by the barn and, oh yeah, I'll take him. I'm going to ride him. And then they go off and we went off for a ride and it was so, it's so beautiful. Now this looks like this land is kind of in a valley between the mountains. Is that... It is. And it's actually up at almost 8,000 feet. Oh, really? So, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like perfect temperature, you know, <laughs> perfectly 75 degrees. And they're like, yeah, this is summer here. So our listener, Betty Faye, who lives in Pueblo, is Pueblo is about 45 minutes east, maybe an hour east of that. Um, so 
I, well, I stayed in Pueblo last time, and it also is like that. It's not quite as high, I think, as and Betty's probably kicking my, you know, cussing me out right now. But like, <laughs> she's probably at twelve thousand like, feet. And- <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was like high, beautiful desert, great climate. He was like, you know, we may get we get snow in the winter in the last, you know, two weeks. But he's like, he's from Wyoming where it would snow in, you know, October October. and stay till (laughs) April in May. So he's like, it's great. Everything changes all the time. You get all seasons. And what I noticed too, I said, TJ, what are you doing for the fly control? Because there's no flies. Like the horses poop in the corral and there's just poop. Like um, horse poops in my house and there's 10 billion flies on it within, you know, five minutes. And he said, it's just too high for flies. Like it's too dry. Really? So there's no. I didn't know flies had a restriction. No, but uh, apparently just too dry. However, the grasshoppers. Are they make it big too. Unbelievable! <laughs> like I was driving a ranger through the grass, and I'm like, ah! <laughs> they make them big too. They're like two and a half inches yes, long. They're yeah. huge. They're huge. So Lucas and Chad, while I was riding, went and they would catch a grasshopper and fish with it. And so they were fishing <laughs> with grasshoppers while I was riding, and it was funny, you know. So we get there. So this is like, like a playground for the rich. It, it is. It is. Mm. It's it's people that, and and this is nobody's first home. No. You know, they 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 come a couple weeks a year. I mean, I, I was like, how how many years do you have to be captain for us to buy here? Because <laughs> I'm like, this would be the best summer home ever. Uh, but so it's it's really 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 beautiful, really cool, and it's a great concept and great idea. And and there's still lots available. And I was like, oh, well, it I keeps it as farmland. You know, that's the one thing. Keeps it as it's, ranch land. It's a ranch, yeah. yeah. And they have what was really cool is they, they actually run cattle on it. And he was really proud to go show me this where they round up the cattle and do the things that they do. And I'm like, you do realize that I'm a vegetarian. He's like, you have to see this. So I go up and he's like, I want you to take a look at this where these cattle are. And I was looking around. I'm like, huh. And he goes, do you know who Temple Grandin is? And I was like, Yes, I do. (laughs) And he was like, Temple Grandin came up here and designed their whole cattle operation. So it's like a less stress, all concentric circles. And he was like, she was like laying on the ground, like feeling the ground and like developing like where everything was going to go. And and so Temple Grandin designed all of their cattle operation. And it's funny. I looked at the barn and I was like, I've seen this barn before. It's so beautiful. I've seen it before. And uh, I was like, I don't know. I go, what kind of barn is that? And he goes, it's a Morton. I was like, yep, it's in the Morton advertisement that I was looking at. <laughs> saw when in I the was catalog. The <laughs> yeah, it was in the catalog because it's so beautiful. So it was, it was really, really nice to be there. So then we stayed in a like kind of like an Airbnb type place uh, that night, and then the next morning went back over, played on the fire truck, you know, went for a ride again. TJ's like. I'd be happy to put all you guys on horses. And Chad and Lucas are like, well, fish. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So we did that. And then we had it kind of just made our way home. So just kind of, that was kind of the, the idea was to get there and then camp, camp our way there and camp our way home. So we kind of did. Well, you had a beautiful place to hang out. That's for sure. I saw the pictures that you posted. They're absolutely beautiful. It, you can't take a bad picture out there. No, because there's always <laughs> mountains in the back and yeah. the beautiful skies with all the clouds. And Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you had good weather, is, too, then while you were out there? Um, the first day, we went on the two couple rangers uh, to drive around to see the whole entire property. And while we were driving, it was hot as hell. And then it rained. And then it hailed. And then it rained. <laughs> and then it was hot as hell. Like, all in like 45 minutes. <laughs> Welcome to Colorado. Was, I mean, then I was like shivering. He goes, it's okay. You'll be hot in like a minute. <laughs> I saw him when you were riding out. He had a slicker on. I was going, well, it must be not hot up there. Yeah, so. that, that actually, well, I've got the funniest picture. So that is, the. Well, I was wearing a duster as well. So he's, the, that was not TJ. That was TJ's, the guy that works for him that takes people out on horses. Oh my God bless his heart. He's not going to listen to this. So I can say this. So he's actually from, I feel like I should end with this, but he's from Shawnee, Oklahoma. This is an 18 year old kid from Shawnee, Oklahoma, who got hired to come out and work on the ranch. 
So we're at the top of a hill and I'm on Drax. And I was like, hey, can we stop here? Because I'd like to take a panoramic photo. And he's like, sure, no problem. So I, I start over to my left and I'm, he's kind of in front of me. And I start over to my left and I'm panning around to the right. Bless his heart. He's like, I don't want to ruin your photo. So he ducks down and hides his face behind the horse's neck. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm getting out of your picture. I'm like, you're on a thousand pound horse <laughs> directly in front of me. You're not like, it's not peekaboo when you're, you know, nine months old. Like I'm look, I'm covering my eyes. You can't see me. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't want to ruin your picture. I don't want to Get you know I wanted well, to get out intentions. of it. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I don't think you know how cameras work. <laughs> I'll send you that right now. You can do with them what you want. But oh my god, it was amazing. Uh, so that was so that was very sweet. The next day, TJ and I went for a ride, and and it was great. We had dinner with his family, and his kids are you know four and five at five and six, so they're Lucas's age and and you know, relatively. Oh, so they had a great time. It was great. Terrific. And they've actually asked me to come back next summer and teach a clinic oh, for very all good. the owners. Oh, yeah, that'd be so cool. I'll go back for a week and, and hang out. And, and I was like, what kind of clinic do you want? He was like, just what you're doing. Like, ride with people and talk to them about horses and let them start to understand how horses work. Oh, you like, can do that. That's I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's easy. No problem. <laughs> you mean it's not going to bring a whole pack of wild Mustangs in and have you... Uh... Stardom. Yeah, don't gentle. No. I don't want to gentle Mustangs in front of a crowd. <laughs> no. <laughs> but ride with a bunch of people that are cool. Yeah, sure. I got it. <laughs> well, that's cool. Very good. I'm glad you had a good time. And yeah. you had no views on the way out there or back either. So, Oh, my uh, God. It was just <laughs> terrible. It was terrible. You know, it's funny is the second you start to head back towards Oklahoma, you're like, and it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You had better views than we're going to have coming to see you in a few weeks. That's on that trip. true. You're in big trouble. <laughs> Actually, if you go through Louisiana, all you see is gators on the side of the road. So yes. don't break down that's there. Up, and we see that enough yeah. here. So, yeah. All right. Let's uh, go to our, our uh, only guest for the day. We have Dr. Anna Pesta with us. I've talked to her many times before in various shows. And she's from Purina Animal Nutrition. And she's going to talk to us about, by the way, almost everybody that works there is a doctor. Um, she's going to talk to us about horses and heat and all the things that are going on right now. And I don't think we can talk about that enough because the whole country has it. Matter of fact, when I looked at the map yesterday, I think in Ocala, Florida here, we were the, one of the coolest places in the country. So take that. <laughs> well, hi, Dr. Pesta. Thank you for joining us here in Horses in the Morning. It's good to talk to you again. Of course. Happy to be here. Now, uh, Dr. Pesta and I have talked a few times over the years on many different shows, actually. So it's glad, I'm glad to have you back. It, hey, have you noticed it's been a little warm in the country all over? I. I seem to have noticed something about that, yes. Yeah. I am uh, still hot from this morning going for a ride. <laughs> and actually, Florida, we were one of the coolest in the country over the weekend, which is kind of ironic. Oh, congrats. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah it's only like right. 95 here. So. <laughs> nice. It was 95% humidity. <laughs> exactly. So tell us about horses and heat. You know, it's something we're all thinking about. We've talked about this many times before, but I don't think it's something we can talk about enough. Um, so let's talk about hydration and where we're at, especially for those places in the country where they aren't used to having 100-degree temperatures. Yeah, this is pretty much um, the topic of the the season for everybody. It is hot all over and even in places where it's usually not that bad. And horse people feel it uh, especially because we all have to keep going and attempt to keep our horses going if you're going to, you know, do any kind of serious riding. So I know everybody is doing what they can in terms of getting out there early and trying to ride when it's cool or maybe in the evening after some of that humidity is burnt off. Um, but as far as managing horses in the summer, other than just trying to stay cool and stay in the shade, there's a few things we can do nutritionally and management wise. And yeah, a big part of that is trying to stay hydrated. So what can we do? So what are those few things? Yes. First of all, of course, I just have to say, make sure they have access to nice water. It's not the tank that's been sitting out in the sun all week that's starting to get a little gross. If you don't 
touch it and feel at least a difference in terms of it being a little bit cool, um, you could do a better job offering them um, some fresh water. So there's that. And then realizing that horses are hypertonic sweaters, which means their sweat is full of minerals, more so than humans and most other animals. That's part of why they get so nasty and frothy when they sweat. So realizing that they're losing quite a bit of sodium, chloride, potassium, electrolytes, um, and more than you're going to replace just with um, what they get in their feed alone. And at a certain point, just a free choice salt block isn't going to cut it either. I know um, that's just, you know, standard. That's table stakes. Everybody needs to have access to free choice salt. But during what I call the sweating season, which could be year-round in some spots, or if your horse is working hard and working up a sweat, you need to be thinking about ways to replace um, what they're losing. So how do we do that, and how much? I think that's the question that everybody has. How much do I give mm-hmm. them? You know, can you give them too much electrolyte? Can you give them too much salt? You know, what, what's mm-hmm. what's the story there? Yeah, so you can definitely overdo it, and uh, giving a dehydrated horse too much electrolyte is actually going to be counterproductive and a bad idea, too. So if you've already got a horse that's dehydrated, be really careful about dosing them with those, like, big, you know, electrolyte paste doses and things like that. But my recommendation is to find a good quality electrolyte and you know, get those horses that are sweating every day on the recommended, according to that manufacturer, dose for their workload and size and all of that. And what I mean by a good quality electrolyte is one that's mostly electrolytes. Uh, If the first ingredient is uh, dextrose or sugar and it's not salt, then um, look elsewhere. So there are, you know, a a bunch of good quality electrolytes on the market and they don't always have to be the most expensive options. Um, but you want it to be a good source of, like I said before, sodium chloride, um, some potassium. Those are the, what we consider to be the big three. Um, and then, you know, there's other ways to keep your horses hydrated and maybe ways you can work more water into their day. A lot of us um, will feed uh, their normal grain just sloppy so they get extra water uh, that way. And then a lot of barns will feed a mash just as a, a matter of routine. Everybody um, gets a nice big wet, sloppy uh, meal of a mash product that you can add, a, you know, as much water as you want to, to. And I guess that's a convenient time for me to mention that we did actually just come out with a new mash on the market this summer. And um, it has some, some pretty unique science-backed features to it and will supply a really good dose of those electrolytes, like I was mentioning. One. So we've been advertising Replenimash now for about a month now here on the show. What makes it different? Okay. You know, what, what, what happens with Replenimash? Yeah, so what makes this different than maybe a traditional mash that you uh, Barnes may have been using before is that it's nutritionally balanced. It's got a correct calcium to phosphorus ratio, and it's made out of stuff that your horse's digestive system is already used to. So ingredients that they're um, accustomed to getting in their feed so that it won't upset any digestive balance and cause any upset because you're introducing a novel ingredient all of a sudden. So that's the benefit over a traditional brand mash. But then you also get the added benefit of Replenimash has a full dose of, you know, electrolytes. So it provides the same amount of potassium and sodium chloride that a good quality electrolyte would per serving. You get a dose of Outlast, our gastric buffer, um, built in every serving. And it's just really, really tasty. Honestly, it is super palatable. You can use it to hide things in, which I am doing for a mare right now that's on some medications. Um, And it's good for keeping them eating and drinking if they're on the road or feeling a little puny or at a show. 
um, and you can make it as wet as you need to, and it really absorbs a ton of water. So you can really, um, you know, actually get a significant amount of hydration back in your horse. Is this something you would use every day or as needed, or you know, what would you say? Kind of however you feel like you need to. There are barns that just as a matter of routine, everybody gets a mash once a week. You can use it like that, and you won't upset anything. Or, especially during the sweating season, like I was mentioning, I have been uh, kind of liking recommending it as a post-workout kind of replenish, recover, rehydrate snack. So after you work, you put them back and you give them a nice um, a pan of a serving of mash, which is a pound, by the way, to get all those things built in. A pound of mash with a, a bunch of water on it. And if you really wanted to get fancy for a, a working horse recovering from exercise, you could throw a dose of something like a super sport, like an amino acid supplement in there. And that makes it a really nice post-workout shake. I also saw, and I love this idea, uh, after they get their teeth done, sometimes if they've had a lot of work, their oh, teeth yeah. are sore for a day or so. And this is a good, soft, tasty thing to give them. Yeah, we actually do have one of our field trial locations was a vet clinic that does a ton of dental work and they were loving it as the post um, dental meal. It's really easy on their mouth. Very good. Where can they find it? I assume everywhere. At any Purina dealer, ask your local store. Very good. Well, we wish everybody luck in the heat with their horses and yourself, for that matter. Um, and, you know, try and stay as cool as you can. As you said, you need to learn the Florida way. We ride early, early, early in the morning. We sit in the air conditioner all day and then see the horses again in the evening when it starts to cool off. That's the Florida way. That's that's, that's uh, the way to do it. Otherwise, yep. you just die. So, <laughs> so that's how we do it in Florida. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Ann. Appreciate it. Yep, thanks for having me. And now it's time for today's equestrian, who knew, fact of the day. Did you know, Jamie, that before the invention of airboats and swamp buggies, park wardens in the Everglades would sometimes travel on horses during their daily patrols. And this is back in the early 1900s. And they used... Let me stop you. All I can think of when you say that (laughs) is the amazing amount of giant bugs that they must have dealt with. (laughs) And alligators. I mean, there's that too. Well, they used an adjustable cast iron marsh horseshoe. It was called a rock or mud horseshoe, and it allowed the wardens to travel deeper into the swamp. So according to a 1909 period advertisement, these horseshoes were manufactured by a guy named Frank Hennig, and the ad claimed, with this shoe, a horse can go anywhere that a man can go on marshy, boggy, or meadowland made of malleable iron, and it's adjustable. These marsh horseshoes were also made in two sizes, a one and a two. And the ad went on to claim, try these shoes and you will use no others. Because they they will get sucked off in the mud? (laughs) Is that why? (laughs) And they were also sold at, get this, Montgomery Ward and Company and various other stores throughout the country. You could get them from the Montgomery Ward catalog. (laughs) So, So, yeah, in early 1909, and I took a look at the picture of them. There are these big metal shoes that kind of have strategic holes in them. And think of a – what are those uh, shoes that people walk through the snow in? Uh, kind snow, of yes, yeah, snowshoes. Snow <laughs> yeah, kind of think of that. Only smaller version for horses to go into swamps. Oh, how did they not just pull them off? I don't know. I don't know. They probably must... did. That's why you had to buy a bunch. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I never knew there was such a thing as a swamp shoe. But there apparently was such a thing as a swamp shoe. And so it was go. introduced in 1909 and taken off the market in 1910. Because <laughs> you know what? The horses were still using legs from alligators. So there was that problem, too. And speaking of problems. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. Well, keep in mind that our equestrian first world problems are provided by our listeners, our auditors, and uh, those are people that can be a part of the Facebook page. And I ask on Sundays, you know, hey, what are some of your problems? And they 
the answer in force, Glenn. We won't have time to get to all of them today because <laughs> people have a lot, like a couple weeks of built up problems. So uh, if you want to participate in this, they need to be an auditor. How do they do it? Just go to horseradionetwork.com, click on the auditor banner on the right side of the page, and for as little as $3 a month, you too can play along. Okay, well, Summer has the first one, and uh, I, I just I had to include this because the picture is so darn cute because it's a kitten, and what is not cute about a baby kitten? And uh, she says, for various reasons, the only one in the barn using my brand new saddle is my kitten. And it's a picture of the kitten sitting on the saddle. <laughs> Get a saddle cover, Summer. What are you doing? Did I tell you, I have like all my saddles hung up on the walls. I have all have saddle racks. There's like six of them. And I swear to God, a chicken got locked in my tack room. And now like four of my saddles, the ones that weren't covered have chicken claw marks on the top of them. I'm like, what were they just bouncing from saddle to saddle looking for a place to lay an egg? I don't know. I don't get it. Um, Chantel says, and Chantel, I feel your girl. Uh, she says, I bought a new grazing muzzle for my horse, but now I need to buy an air tag so I can find it in the pasture instead of continuing to buy new grazing muzzles. <laughs> Green guard equine mu grazing muzzle is by far by, by way, 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 way far the greatest invention in grazing muzzles ever. But can but you find it? The problem is they made them green. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's bright green, but, but I mean, they're, and they're plastic. They, so they maybe fluorescent orange would have been better. <laughs> Glenn, they just made them hot pink. Oh, there Problems you go. Problems <laughs> have been solved. I wish I would have had the chance. There you they go. Make them hot pink. So even if your gelding wears one and they lose it, you can find it. Green Guard equine grazing muzzles are plastic. They don't get all wet and moldy. They can drink through them and it's hard for them to eat. Oh, my God. It's the greatest invention of all time. There you go. I said it. Um, and they, <laughs> by the way, they sell halters that come with it and you need that too. Um, all right. So Hillary says that was not a paid advertisement, by the way, <laughs> it's just a great invention. We all need to know about, um, Hillary says the specific riding boots I want are so far behind in manufacturing that my size isn't even scheduled for production until October. Why is spending my money so hard? <laughs> There's a lot of people were thinking that over the last year. <laughs> yeah. Nicole says we finally got some much needed rain. I'm not jealous at all. Um, but why did it have to happen right after I bathed my horse? It's like it rains after you wash your car. Yes. It's the same thing. Same thing. Actually, after reading Nicole's post, I bathed both my gray horses. <laughs> and it rained? Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> it was this morning. I bathed them this morning, oh, okay. so I'm still waiting. It's pretty clear blue skies out there, though. I'm not going to lie. Uh, uh, Celeste says, uh, she posted this last week, but I made her repost it because it's good. My mare and I went to a jumper show, and she got reserve champion in the division and won prize money. But now I have to wait for the stupid check to come in the mail so I can use it to buy her something nice. You don't just <laughs> Venmo or PayPal. I mean, seriously, it's so easy to hand out money these days. Uh, Margaret says, I bought a beautiful bronze saddle pad and fly bonnet for my pony, but we don't have anywhere fancy to go show it off. But your picture's cute, so thank you for that, Margaret. Uh, Laura says, <laughs> Laura, I, I'm going to tell you my how this works. Laura says, I haven't palpated, but I only see one ball on my six week old cult. <laughs> There's supposed to be two, Glenn. Yeah, I got that. I'm kind of with, I, yeah, I kind of sure knew that knew one. That. <laughs> not sure if you knew that or not, but there's supposed to be two. Yeah, yeah, so, I got that. When Stanley was born, I was like, oh man, there's only one in there. And then about two months in, my vet reached up there. She's like, no, there's two. They just, they're in the same little one area before they turn in dig enough to get to two so you'll be okay you'll be fine you'll be fine um but also i'm super mad that you got a cult um anna says oh this is sad i don't get to ride my horse tomorrow because i'm going to a comedy showing having a kid-free night you know what i think that's my favorite place to go is to comedy shows I can't help it. I don't know why. Uh, Gwen says, so uh, depends. If, you know, if they suck, you're kind of stuck. Ooh, yeah. Bad comedy is pretty tough. Yeah, that's pretty tough. Yes. There, you know, but 80% of the time, you're okay. We did, there was one on the cruise ship, and I, I could, 10 minutes I was in, I was out. 
We, no, we well, you were on a cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, this guy had been on Letterman and a bunch of night show and all that. And he just – what he was trying to do was improv with the audience, and he sucked. If you're going to do that, you better be good, you right? Better bring it. Yeah. You better bring it. And everybody needs to be drinking and probably – Especially when you know an improv guy is watching. It's like, okay, I'm not yeah. buying this one. So we left. Yeah. The only show we walked out on was the Are comedy show. Are you serious? Yeah, you walked out? Show. Awesome. Yep. Gwen says, Sophie comes out of quarantine in one week, and I want to do a ton with her in August because my job is crazy busy. But there's two shows I want to go to, but they happen the same weekend. It's so rude. <laughs> there you go. Emily says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit hers a little bit because it got long. But she said, my spoiled retired horse who lives at a retirement farm recently had the vet out to do tests and check him over. They were expect- suspecting some different things. And she said, the official results came back from the vet. And he's just really old. (laughs) She said, P.S. I live in Alaska and I retired this horse to California thinking I would let him live his last couple years in paradise. That was eight years ago. (laughs) He really likes it. When we we moved out of Pennsylvania, I forget where we moved to that time, but we had a pony that needed to go to a home. And these people wanted her because the daughter had ridden this pony in lessons. Well, the pony was probably 35. And we thought, well, and they thought, well, this pony will live another two years, can retire at our house. Ten years. Oh, that man. pony lived into the 40s. Oh, man, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Sharon says, I got to ride one of my horses today, and I got to drive the other, and I drove the one horse later in the morning. And even though it's getting hot, he did so great. However, my hair got sweaty under the helmet, and I had to take a shower. <laughs> This is the time of year we're taking multiple showers a day. Yeah, we we like three times a day. Yeah. We you have change. a hot tub that we bought like got from, for last year, and uh, I've made it into a cold tub. Do you put ice like, in it and then jump in? I actually just turned it off, and it's just like a big pool of water. However, it's still fairly <laughs> warm because it's 105 degrees outside. Um, my first world problem is my hot tub won't get cold enough. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny says, I forgot to cover my side-by-side in the barn, and now it's covered in purple bird poop from under our berry tree. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> Kayla says, I, oh, I'm i not stabled in the same barn as my friends at the show this week. You're going to make new friends, Kayla. Make new friends. <laughs> that or go snag an empty stall next to him when that person shows up. Then you go, uh, do you mind trading? Cause like, these are all my friends and they're going to be like super rude to you. If you don't trade with me, it's like an airline seat, you know, like, can I have that seat right there? No. Well then my person sitting next to you is going to be an a-hole. Okay. Oh, can, uh, can I talk to you about that real quick? <clears throat> I sent you this message. So we, uh, when I flew up for that conference, uh, and I did four flights, right. And one of them was a plane. I could not stand up. The whole way in. We're all American, but that small plane American has, I could not stand up without hitting my head in the ceiling. Yeah, it's one of their... It's really small. <laughs> so yeah. I just saw a lot of American airline pilots walking around. Can I say that you got the only good looking one? You know, it's that true. That wasn't frumpy. Uh, <laughs> they, they call them airline pilot bodies because yeah, what happens is frumpy. people just sit <laughs> yeah. all the time and then eat first class meals, like bring them up. And so Chad's like super concerned, like he's always thinking about, you know, making sure he gets his steps he in. He doesn't get we the frumpy body. Step counter. Yeah, he doesn't get yeah. that, you know, the airline pilot, captain, captain's bod, they call it. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, he is, he is, is definitely he a captain aware yet? of that. So he just made captain. Did he? Well, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. So he leaves for training. I think he's Do you have to call him captain at home? Does he require that now? Obviously. I mean, it went from lieutenant (laughs) colonel to captain. (laughs) So, yeah. So now he, so he, he's Isn't that a demotion in the uh, uh, military? If he went from lieutenant colonel to captain? Yes, it is. Unless you're Navy, then Captain's cool. Okay. (laughs) It just depends. Um, So uh, Kimberly says, my dog ate my homework. And there's a picture of a piece of paper that is mauled. And I left this in for you, Glenn, because she's really true. The dog ate the homework. Oh, yeah. It's chewed. I mean, it is a mess. And she said, this is slash was my poem for the 3000th episode. Oh, now you have to start over. Come on. I got to put the puzzle. 
puzzle pieces back together. <laughs> yes, it was a poem too. Oh, <laughs> put them together. Yeah, D- put the plug in for the three thousandth episode. Oh yes, we have episode three thousand, and this is your last week actually to get stuff in. So this is the three thousand episode coming up. Uh, matter of fact, we're leaving on the eleventh. Think about the Jamies. It'll take us three or four days to get out there. We're taking the new trailer out, so that'll be interesting. And then we're going to be at Jamie's for episode three thousand, which is on the seventeenth. So let me just double check that. It's a Wednesday. Uh, it fell on a we- anyway, g- Wednesday the seventeenth. Yes. Songs, we poems, want some voicemails. Whatever. We don't care. Go to horseradionetwork.com. Click on the right-hand side of the page where it says voicemail on your phone and just record us a voicemail. What did the show mean to you? When did you start listening? You know, was there one thing that stuck out that you did? We've had some really good voicemails. We had a listener submit a song that we can use at the beginning of the show. Thank you to that listener who did that. Uh, But if you want to do a song or a poem or whatever, you have until the 31st. So you have until the end of the month. Get them in. Yeah. Um, finally, yeah, I like to do my favorite one last. And uh, the winner of today's not really bad ads of Equestrian First World Problems, the winner, get one, $1 million check from Glenn. He'll mail it out. Um, uh, it's Flossie. Flossie says, my horses had like super pretty, nice, sparkly halters. But they got them dirty, so, like, now I need to buy new ones so my Instagram photos don't look like my horses are homeless. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about the Instagram, Flossie. Come on. (laughs) Can't wash off sparkles either because then they just come off. So, yeah, you got to – sorry. You got to have your sparkly halters that are in use and your sparkly halters just for Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Uh, let me just uh, clarify that the $1 million check will be not real. So, <laughs> or not coming, <laughs> not so coming and that. not real. It won't be either. So, I love that I make you sweat every time I say that. <laughs> and every time I have to give the disclaimer. To, yeah, you just, yeah. Nobody actually thinks you're going to send them. Oh, yeah, but I'm, I'm legally getting that in there. <laughs> <laughs> just for legal purposes. I mean, it's like taking blood from a turnip. <laughs> yeah, so, that's you know, true. you're just not going to have Yeah, you can anyway. sue us. You're not going to get it. We'll uh, send you a check. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they might say a million dollars. You can try and cash it. That won't you work. You can try. They're going to yeah. laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it for today's show. Thank you, everybody, for having problems. We appreciate it. If you are an auditor, <laughs> hold on. We're going to talk about, well, Jamie and I both experienced experimented with different podcasts, and we're going to talk about those after uh, in the post-show. So hang on for that. Tomorrow, we have the Horse Illustrated episode, another fun episode for you from Horse Illustrated. Later in the week, we have the Sales and Breeding episode with Kayla and Emily. I'm happy to report Emily's hanging in there and going to keep co-hosting with Kayla. So we're very excited about that. Of course, we'll have really bad ads the end of the week, all the usual stuff. We have a friend that we haven't talked to in a very long time coming on on Wednesday's show, and uh, there's a story behind that. We'll tell you on Wednesday when we met her, but uh, we're going to get, God, doesn't it seem like forever ago that we did that little week? It was forever ago. That was probably 10 years. (laughs) So we'll talk all about that on Wednesday. Look forward to that. All right, everybody. Fade, neuter, and guilt. 